a sneaky trick that psychologists and marketers use that can help you live a fuller and inspired life. Why Jeffrey Epstein is normal and an awesome challenge of the week. All this on this episode of the Live Life, Give Life podcast by Renew Hope. Let's make this happen. Welcome to episode two of the Live Life, Give Life podcast brought to you by Renew Hope. My name is Chad Goring and I am the host of the podcast. So as we start this episode, I just want to remind you of how this podcast is designed. There are three pretty distinct sections to each episode of the podcast. The first is to talk about how to live a full life, not in terms of material fullness, but in terms of purpose and inspiration. In section two, we talk about the issue of sex trafficking in our culture today, the truth of it and why you should care. And finally, in section three, we have a weekly challenge designed to move us closer to inspired living. Today, I want to introduce you to a concept that psychologists have known about for many years and marketers have been using to get your attention on products and services for almost the same amount of time. The thing is, this concept or trick can actually be used to live better, to be more inspired and live a fuller life. Let's think about something. You really don't have much time here on earth. And then if you consider the amount of time that you actually have full mental, physical, and emotional faculties, the timeline is even shorter. So what should we do with each day? Honestly, most people are creatures of habit. We do the same things every day without really asking ourselves questions around the purpose or the impact. I call this the grind. Now, most people exist in the grind. Wake up, do this, do that, go here, go there, drop off, pick up, you know, the list goes on. Most of the time, we're fulfilling our obligations or going through the motion. Not that there's not meaning or value in those things, but it's just what we're doing. When do we stop and ask ourselves, why? Why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? It's not to say that living in the comfort of routine and being soothed by the daily do's and uh, activities is a bad thing. For some, it's a coping mechanism to deal with times in their life when things just got out of hand or they made us nervous or uncomfortable. And for some, it's a way to conceal a lack of self-value and sort of blend into the crowd. For others, it means that we just don't have anything that we're willing to take a risk for. And again, none of this is necessarily bad. It could even be good, but it's not good all the time. A sneaky trick to breaking out of the mundane routine or the grind is something called pattern interrupt. Now, psychologists have known about this for many, many years, and I believe the average person is mostly unaware of the power that this can have in helping them to live a more inspired existence. So here's how it works, and I fully admit that for some, this is going to be a tough concept to grasp. But if you do grab it, I will tell you it has helped me in my own life and I know others, it has really helped them as well. 
Humans develop and become obedient to patterns. Daily living patterns, the things we do. Thought patterns, how we think and respond. I truly believe that although patterns are great for the security of living, they make us feel comfortable, they're not always great for actual living, like living with purpose or making changes that we really want to make in ourselves or in our life. Let me give an example. Let's look at how we respond to conflict in relationships. So most of us have developed a pattern when it comes to this. Some of us shut down and go silent until we feel we can reemerge safely. Uh, some of us get angry or even get out of control as a, as a way of shutting things down and, and uh, protecting ourselves against criticism or whatever it may be. Some need to feel a sense of resolve, always. Even if it means they don't really solve the problem, they just feel like that particular conflict went away and so they're okay with it. And some of us leave, run, blame, and some of us whatever. The most important question is, what is your pattern? Because we all have a pattern when it comes to this area. Once you determine your pattern, you can ask yourself if that pattern is actually healthy and helping you live a better or fuller life, or it may even be destructive for you, but you just always stay in the pattern, no matter what. So for many of us, we need to break the pattern, and that means we first must interrupt the pattern. We have to do, say, or think something that will shock us out of the normal and the comfortable. In other words, make a conscious decision to interrupt our unconscious ways. In the case of conflict, if you're a runner, let's say, determine now that the next time you are in conflict, and I think it's best for you to think of a particular situation that happens on a regular basis. So let me use the easy one, spousal conflict. So spouses get into arguments or have conflict all the time. Um, so let's just use that one for now. But if there's someone else in your life or somebody that you tend to run into some conflict with, even if it's once every six months or once every year, if it's your mom or if it's your, your brother, whatever, if you're a runner, Determine now that the next time that you're in that conflict, you'll stay in the room for 20 minutes past the point of discomfort. So once you start to feel that discomfort, you know, okay, this is not good. I'm in conflict right now. Okay. You're feeling it. You're not necessarily thinking it, but you're feeling it. Once you get to that point, you need to exercise the decision that you've made prior to that moment. Making the decision now is key while you're not in conflict. So you can't make the decision in the moment because your pattern will automatically take over. You're going to run. So by doing this, you shock yourself into dealing with the conflict in a, in a different way than running. I hope that makes sense. Now, let's say you're a blamer and you're not a runner. Generally, what happens if you're a blamer is you immediately start blaming other people right in the midst of the conflict. Or maybe you blame the person who's talking to you right at that moment and creating the conflict in your mind. Oh, well, you know, you do this and you do this and I do this and you do this, that kind of stuff. Well, make the decision now that you're going to remain silent until the other person or the people, depending on if it's a group or an individual, have had their full say. No matter how uncomfortable it feels, make a decision right now. You are going to stay silent and just hear it. 
then decide to take 24 hours before responding or addressing it if it needs to be addressed at all. So pattern interrupt should almost always be an advanced plan of attack that is different from your normal pattern. By deciding in advance, you will handle the next conflict better because you're going to engage the principle of commitment. In other words, I've made a commitment that I'm going to deal with this differently and this is how I'm going to deal with it. You can visualize it. You can see it. I'm going to deal with it this way. You're making a commitment at that moment and psychologically you will maintain that commitment because you've made a commitment to yourself and it's human nature for us to stick to our commitments along that way. So the principle of commitment will more than likely help you to break or interrupt that pattern in that moment. Now I have to be careful because I could go on and on and on. But for now, think of one or two possible things that you could or that you would like to see changed. But you've developed a pattern that needs to be broken in order to change it. Give it a try. I'd love to hear what you come up with. I'd love to hear the results. As I mentioned, we will dedicate a section of each episode to the issue of sex trafficking. Now, it seems like a weird leap to go from living a full and inspired life to the issue of sex trafficking, but it's not really a weird leap at all because I believe most of us don't get, don't get involved in big issues in our life because we are in the grind. We just don't get engaged because we don't really see how we can get engaged. We're too busy doing these other things. By living this full life, we overflow this life and we're we're able to start to take some of our energy and actually engage in some of the bigger issues of our time. So it's not really a big issue to leap into sex trafficking. It's also the mission of Renew Hope, who is the sponsor of this podcast, to help people like you make a difference in the battle against sex trafficking. So that's why we talk about it. So today I want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. And I want to say Jeffrey Epstein was normal. So what do I mean? (laughs) Like, what do I mean by normal? Well, people have all sorts of ideas of how sex trafficking works. But there's really one main way that it actually happens. Let me give you a little bullet point list. Someone is vulnerable. Someone sees that vulnerability and decides to take advantage of it. They're manipulated, coerced, or forced into going along, and they become trapped physically, emotionally, and or mentally through ongoing and repeated trauma. If you have followed the Epstein story at all, then you know his mode of operation when it comes to exploiting and trafficking girls. Um, In the Netflix documentary, for for example, you'll see things like a young girl wants to go to a prestigious school or become an artist or a designer. This is actually a vulnerability because it's an expressed desire or attachment to something, an outcome, a goal, a dream that they can't necessarily or they don't feel like they they can accomplish themselves without help. Then he comes along and he promises the education or the job and suddenly they're hooked. So let me talk about this issue of attachment and why it's a vulnerability. Vulnerabilities are part of the human experience. They just are. That's how we're wired. That's how God made us. We have these vulnerabilities. 
it's a part of the human experience because we need to have vulnerabilities in order to experience the highs and lows of living here on earth with other people. And those are good things. And so vulnerabilities aren't always bad, but they can leave us open, obviously, to exploitation. And the reason why I chose the word attachment in this situation, um, I'm going to go geek on you for a second. Um, if you're a follower of Star Wars at all, you'll know that there's this group of people called the Jedi. And the Jedi are the ones who are to harness the forces of good in the universe to help save all of the universe, to save the people of the universe from the forces of evil. And so um, if you're not familiar, there's actually a lot of biblical parallels with it, but I won't get into that particularly. Um, but the most important thing to understand about the Jedi is they were not allowed or were encouraged to do, to get rid of all attachments, meaning they, they weren't really allowed to have relationships with um, members of the opposite sex. They weren't really allowed to have husbands or wives, or they weren't really allowed to have you know, children and those kind of things, because those attachments, those emotional attachments created vulnerabilities when it came to the use of logic. And they needed to use logic to, in every situation to solve the problems and intervene and do what they needed to do as Jedi, to harness the forces of good or to, to harness the force they needed to be removed of emotional attachments that could cloud their judgment. So the reason why I say this is because we all have these things. We all have these attachments. So when you think about a young girl having this attachment to a dream that she wants more than anything in the world, and then Epstein comes along and promises that he's going to give her the education or the job, and suddenly they can't resist, that's what I'm talking about. Now, that's at the that's the easy level of attachment, of course, or or of vulnerability. Of course, there's much deeper and and more difficult levels of vulnerability that we see through kids who have been abused, or through poverty, or through broken relationships in their life, or uh, mental illness, or whatever it might be. We see those things happening as well. And those are also obviously big vulnerabilities. But I wanted to hit on one that I felt like we could all connect with. And that is this idea of having an attachment that creates a vulnerability. Because that's what Epstein did. He would capitalize on those types of vulnerabilities that existed in these young girls, which most of them were not poor. Um, none of them were poor that I knew of. But they all came from well-to-do families or whatever, but they had different types of attachments to go along with them. And that created vulnerability. And then he comes along and he promises a better future. One of the victim quotes from the film was a young girl who said, I didn't know what I I didn't know what was going to happen if I said no. Indicating that she had a she had a question about how powerful this person was and whether or not there would be a negative consequence to her saying no. Another quote was, he had a great way of normalizing the abuse. So this is all sort of like trafficking 101, okay? He would usually send girls away from their parents, which created more isolation and greater dependence on him as well as the primary source of everything that they needed. This is all part of the grooming 
process that's involved in trafficking. Finally, another quote was, I hated myself even if I was the one feeling the pain. And that's where I talk about the physical, mental, and emotional trauma led to self-hatred and shame. And those two concepts, self-hatred, shame, guilt, these are very powerful forces that are hard to battle. They're hard to battle for adults to deal with them on a regular basis that have never truly dealt with them to get rid of them in their life, much less a kid who is just trying to fulfill a dream or survive and had to deal with self-hatred and shame along the way. Trauma in this situation with trafficking just adds to that self-hatred and shame. Most of the girls that we've worked with at Renew Hope either didn't recognize or at one point didn't recognize that they had even been coerced or that they had even been exploited. They thought it was their own choices, but through therapy and those kind of things finally came to the realization that, wow, I, I didn't have a choice in that situation. Um, I, I didn't know. The truth is, this is how almost all traffickers work, not just Epstein, but all traffickers. So when I say Jeffrey Epstein is normal, that's what I'm talking about. Sure, he had lots of money, which allowed for him to have easier access and a believable story, but his method of exploitation was perfectly normal in the world of trafficking. He was just a normal trafficker. Here's why I say this. Why is it why is it important that we acknowledge that Jeffrey Epstein was normal when it comes to being a trafficker? Because what we know now is that most traffickers are pretty normal people like me and you. It's true. There are cases in every state and nearly every community of every day people who are trafficked or who are trafficking the vulnerable for some kind of personal gain. We really just need to recognize that it's the seemingly everyday normal people that are engaged as traffickers. And they all use these same tactics that Epstein used in their, in their own way. So if you want to get involved in the battle against sex trafficking, if this is sparking something in you, if you're like completely appalled at the fact that this is what really happens and that it's everyday normal people that are actually engaged in this process, or that it happens way more than any of us think that it does in our local communities. If you want to get involved, please just go to renewhopenow.org. Renewhopenow.org. You can do lots of things there. You can, you can make a donation. You can become a monthly donor. You can sign up to host a meeting where we educate folks on sex trafficking. You can become what we call an enthusiast, which is somebody who helps us uh, throw events to help raise awareness and raise money for the effort and the cause um, and helping survivors recover uh, and get new and get a new life back. And so if you if you're interested at all, if that piques your interest at all, go to renewhopenow.org, find a form on that website, fill it out, and somebody will get back to you and we'll talk about how you can help. We'll figure out how you can make a difference in this process. That's what we are here for. <music> Remember that the purpose of the podcast is to inspire you to live a full and inspired life so that you can overflow and make an impact on someone who hasn't had the chance to live that way. So today's challenge is to find an undesirable pattern in your life and make a decision to interrupt that pattern 
now, right now, before the pattern has a chance to rule you in the next occurrence. Look closely at your most difficult issues and identify a pattern, something you want to change. Identify the pattern that you tend to uh, execute when that situation comes up. Decide now that you will act differently. Decide now exactly how you will act the next time that conflict comes up. Make a commitment to yourself to do something different to break that pattern. Okay, well, that is episode two in the books. Cannot wait for the next episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.